We're, we're really honored and privileged to introduce to you guys today uh, our guest speaker today. If you weren't joining us earlier, uh, today is Church Plant Sunday. Uh, we are supporting New Wave Church that's launching in September in eight weeks over in the Lake Orion area. It's an ARC church plant. And Pastor Chris Bristow, who it, him and his wife Aubrey are planning this church. They're from California. We've only known them for a little bit, but it feels like we've known you guys forever. Just like like-minded faith. There's just something precious about that, as the Bible says. And uh, these guys are full of faith, full of the Word of God, full of the Spirit, and uh, we're so excited to have Chris minister this morning. So if you guys would join me, stand to your feet, give a warm, alive family church welcome to Pastor Chris Bristow. She's fired up in the house of God today. Come on, can we just keep putting our hands together? You guys are a live family church. If I was to name our church, another name would be alive. Know why? You have to be alive. So it's like you can't come to a live family church and be dead, right? Got to be waking on the inside. I love what Pastor Eric said today about this. Is about, it's about expectancy. It's crazy. I've been studying revival a lot, and I'll, I'll kind of get in the message in a second. But if you guys just don't, uh, you guys just stay standing. Every great revival was birthed in prayer. It's crazy. Charles Finney, uh, in the 1800s, he'd travel around the East Coast, New York, and over 500,000 people came to Christ. What's wild about these stories of revival is that there would be people you would never know their names, but were huge instrumental pieces of revival. That's why this guy by the name of Daniel Nash would go into places before Finney would preach, and he'd go into these environments like five days before, and he'd seek God in those areas. Say about Daniel Nash that he would actually be praying in a certain area, and they could hear Daniel Nash praying two miles away about in these areas. I just wanted to encourage you, Alive Family Church. I'm going to talk about revival today. It's really heavy on my heart. I believe God has something special for the state of Michigan massively. But can I tell you how we worship, how we pray, determines if we're going to see the things in the heart of God or not. Are you excited about that? I'm excited. I don't know about you. But man, God's going to move mightily in this state. And it's going to take the condition and the thermostat of the people of God that is going to see this. I am convinced, and I'll get into this more, more convinced than ever that God wants to do something special in the state of Michigan. But here's the question, do you expect it or not? Okay? That's, what, that's, that's really the key. So can we just pray today? Like, can we pray like actually that God's listening? Can we just do that for a second? Can we get our hands in the air like this? If you're, not, a, if you're uh, not comfortable, let's get comfortable today, okay? This is what I'm talking about. You're a live family church. Let's step in. God, we honor you today. God, you're the first and foremost of our attention. God, we see you as preeminent. And God, we want to thank you, God, that no matter who's in the White House, God, no matter, God, who's struggling in the crack house, God, you sit on the throne. God, you're in control. God, we want to thank you as the people of Michigan that you love this state. God, that we're not going to sit back and God critique of all the bad things that are happening. We're going to be a people of faith, starting here in a live family church, that believe in God, you can do anything. So God, I pray in this moment, God, the next few minutes, God, I pray, Lord, that our hearts would, God, come open and unglued. And God, we would come into a place of expecting something mighty. So God, we pray like Daniel Nash did, God, in the 1800s. Would you do it in this state? God, would you do it in this soil? God, would you do it in Livingston County? God, would you do it in Oakland County? God, would you do it in all the counties of the state of Michigan? You love this state. You're not done yet. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's give a clap worthy of our God that sits on the throne. Come on, church, I can't hear you yet. Come, we honor you today. We honor you today. By the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You may have a seat today. You guys fired up today? 
I am fired up. I feel like God has something special to impart to us today. But this is really five years in the making. I'm going to get into our church planning story. But before I do that, I want, I cannot give enough attention or honor to your incredible pastors that are here today. It's crazy. It's, it's wild in our, in our area. That is, it's, it's amazing that because can I just get, it's, this isn't my church, so I can say certain things, but you know, it, it's wild that a lot of times we're so afraid to worship our pastors so we don't give them any honor at all. But can I tell you what's amazing about the people of God is we honor and esteem the leaders that God has put in our midst. Can I tell you, you get the very best out of them. You want to see your life change. You want to, you want to get the extra downloads and the secrets of God. Honor your pastors. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to hear things that you've never heard before because you made a place for them. Amen? So I just want to just encourage you to do that. But man, we love Eric and Erica. They have, we've become so close so fast because we're where you guys once were. You know, just, just, you know, a few years ago, we're right where you guys were with a big dream and feel like, man, God, if, if you can do this, if you can plant this church, man, there's going to be many lives changed. Amen. So this is five years in the making, a little bit of our story. Uh, my wife is actually born and raised in the state of Michigan. So even though I am from California, my wife and I were in California for 23 years. My wife was born and raised in Warren, Michigan. And so anyone know where Warren is? Warren, kind of suburb of Detroit. It's a pretty wild spot too because my wife actually, her family came into this area because of what was taking place, a revival um, in, the, in the center of Detroit out of a church called Bethesda Missionary Temple. My wife's uh, grandparents actually moved. Back in the day, this is what people would do. They'd get in station wagons. Anyone remember station wagons? They'd hop in those station wagons and drive to places where there was a move of God taking place. And so they were hearing about this little church, or at the time it was a church growing in the center of Detroit, and, and, and God was pouring himself out, his presence, because there was an, a people of expectancy in that area. And so as they came up to this area, my grandfather ended up, my wife's grandfather ended up working for General Motors, and then man, they raised their family in that church. But man, I just, I just believe that God's not done yet. God, God's just getting started. I even believe for some of you in this room, I just even want to, can I, can I speak prophetically a little bit? Even just prophetically for some of you in this room, you have had certain moments in your time and in your history going, man, man, I, man, that was so awesome what God did, but I don't know if he could do that anymore. Can I tell you, what God's about ready to do this in this state, he's going to surpass the things that you've seen in the early days. I believe that. For some of you who have seen things like my grandfather did in the early days, man, God's going to move mightily, mightily in this state. Okay, so yeah, that was my that was my family up there. I'm married to uh, my lovely wife Aubrey. We just uh, had 18 years, uh, our first 18 years of uh, marriage. Can't see if I could say that. Our our 18th anniversary. We have five kids: Selah, Judah, Shiloh, Ezra, and Uriah. So if you don't know we're a family of God, just uh, just read our kids' names, and you'll definitely know that we love Jesus. Okay, and you want to know even something creepier? Please don't judge me for this. Okay, by the time we had our our number five, Uriah, um, we, we noticed that the spelling of our kids' names almost spelled Jesus without uh, even us deciding. So we're like, okay, we're going to be that creepy family. Number five, here's what we're going to do. We're going to name our, our number five. Uh, as Aubrey and I were praying, he said, oh, you know what? We're missing a Uriah. And so we ended up naming her Uriah. So we're that creepy family with, uh, with five kids that all of their first initials spelled the name Jesus. So but man, we, uh, yeah, so a little bit of our, our church playing story of we get this all the time. Why would you move from Orange County, California and come to the state of Michigan? It is the best conversation starter in the world, though, when you want to talk about your church. Well, where'd you come from? Orange County. Why would you, here's the question, why would you ever leave that place 
and come here to Michigan. I was like, well, glad you asked. So our store goes back to 2018, actually, just right down the street from here. I'm in a place, you guys know, White Lake, Michigan. Um, during 2018, my, my wife and I, we were uh, pastoring a church in uh, Southern California, and we came out for our first sabbatical. Um, we didn't take more than two weeks off. Actually, I didn't miss two weeks in a row ever in six and a half years of pastoring our church. And I said, you know what, I think it's time for us to take about a month off and just recalibrate, pray, seek God. So we came out here where my wife's from, stayed with, his, with her cousin in White Lake, Michigan. And I'll never forget, this is, this is the moment, guys. This is why we're in Michigan today. I went out that morning. Again, we're plugged into a great church in California. And as I was praying, I had this open vision. Man, that's creepy. Um, no, it's all over actually the book of Acts. It actually says in the last days, all the, the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out, poured out on all flesh. Your, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will have, uh, will have visions and your old men will have dreams. So how do you know if you're an old man? You dream. No, just kidding. Um, but so this is taking place. So I had a, what, for the first time ever in my life, and, and I haven't had one since, I had what's called an open vision. Where what, what would that look like? It's like you having a dream that's happening in real time. So I went out that morning to pray, and I'm having this vision of the state of Michigan. And in this vision, I saw train tracks on the ground like we see all over the state of Michigan. Train tracks on the ground. And in the dream, God asked, hey, Chris, put your ear to the tracks. And so, of course, what we do, do as obedient people, yes, Lord, I'll do that. And so I respond in the, in the vision. I'm having this dream. I put my ear to the tracks. And just like an old Western movie, you could, you could like feel the vibrations or you could hear the noise of a train coming. The interesting part about this vision is I didn't see one coming. And so I said, God, well, what's going on with this? He said, hey, just like you feel the reverberations of something coming, a train coming uh, down the tracks, I just want to let you know that a train is coming to the state of Michigan. And the, and the, and the name of the train is Revival. And so I remember thinking about that in 2018. On one end, I was blown out of my mind, so excited that the state of Michigan is going to get revived. I'm going to talk about that, what revival looks like in a second. But that the state of Michigan is going to get revived. But the interesting part about us is we didn't feel called to it. So I'm telling my friends, I said, guess what, guess what, guess what? Man, I just had this vision with the Lord this morning. And he gave me this vision of the state of Michigan. Of course, I'm over here not even feel like I'm involved in it. I'm saying, man, God's going to move mightily in the state. You should get excited and get prepared because God's going to move. I go back to California. Five years later, we're actually on staff at a church called Ocean's Church, which is actually experiencing revival in Orange County. Anyone see the movie Jesus Revolution? Anyone see that? That's minutes from our house. And so we're seeing God move. We're seeing families transformed. We're seeing healings take place. And can I tell you this? This isn't somewhere out there. This can actually take place here at a live family church. I just want to let you know that. But it depends on you. God wants to do it, but are we ready and wanting him to do something like that? That's the question. But we're seeing that in Orange County. And so we, we uh, were part of the church. The church was 285 people post-COVID. Okay, we begin to seek God, believe in God, you want to revive this state. In a matter of three and a half years, the church sees over 3,000 people now on weekends. We're not even in a building. We're actually in tents outside because the building can contain us. The building's actually being built out right now, bought a building, another miracle story, raised $5 million in 45 days. God's moving mightily. This is, these are the symptoms of revival. Does that make sense? So we're seeing that. And I just, and as we were there on staff at Ocean Church, seeing God move mightily, here comes back the vision from 2018. God said this, I'll never forget it, on the front row on a Sunday morning. He says, um, hey, Chris, if I could revive a land that everyone's written off and seems impossible, what do you think? And I'm in California. What do you think I could do in a place like Michigan? 
And I just remember at that moment feeling completely taken back, knowing that there's a series of events that is about ready to lead us out of the state of Michigan. And out of that story, our, our church actually wrote a song called The New Wave. And it talks about a land and a region of people seeing something which they didn't expect, but God's moving mightily. I said, that's going to be the name of our church, a new wave. And so, man, I I do believe that. God loves this state, that he's not done with it yet, that he wants to reveal his heart to the state of Michigan, that people are going to come to faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but they're not just going to believe in him, but they're going to see him as Lord. Amen? So if you guys could do this this morning, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in uh, Joshua chapter 3. If you want to open those Bibles up, get out your uh, phones, whatever works for you. We're going to get into the text today. But before we get into that, I want to give you some context what is happening in this passage in Joshua chapter 3. Let's go back all the way to Genesis chapter 1. You don't have to turn there. It's Genesis chapter 12. You're actually hearing the story of Abraham being called of the land of Ur. And he's about ready to step into a land. Being, he's asked, God's asking him to go into a land he's never seen before, but just to step out in faith. So he does. That's called the land of Canaan. We're going to talk about it today. But what happens between Abraham and then what we pick up here in Joshua is that the people of God are in 400 years of slavery right? And then they cry out to God over 400 years, and then God finally leads them out through a deliverer called Moses, which is a type, a shadow of Jesus Christ as deliverer later on. So God leads them out. We get into Numbers chapter 13, is where now um, Moses wants to check out the land, and actually he gets a little bit of arm twisting earlier on in, in Numbers. And so I, I don't think it was God's intention to send in spies, because God wants us to move out his word. But he ends up sending in uh, 12 spies into the land. This is, a wild, this is a wild story. Two of them out of 12 come back with a good report. The rest said, no, I don't think so. There's, there's giants in the land, and I don't know if God can do this and all of that. Only 16% that believed. And I believe, man, if the church can be the 16% in this hour, we're going to see miracles. And can I just tell you, it's not about the miracles. It's about the one that does the miracles, Jesus Christ. It's the one that implores upon his people. But man, the 16% come back, and now in Joshua chapter 3, we come to this place where they're at the Jordan River. Okay, we're at the Jordan River, the, the spies went into the land, they're coming back, and now there's going to be about a million people crossing over the Jordan River, but before they go in, this is, this is going to be our text today, we're about ready to go in, and then we begin to see the posture of how revival takes place, okay? Joshua chapter 3, verse 1 through 5 says this. The Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from, you guys say that word. Well, watch your mouth. Shittim. Okay, that's the word. Can we laugh in church? Is that okay? It's okay. Shittim. Okay? And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, isn't it amazing how God usually does miracles in three days? Reminds me of someone in the New Testament named Jesus, right? Rose from the grave three days later. The officers went through the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from the place and follow it. What's key about this is it's the presence of God that goes first. Can I tell you, you don't ever want to go anywhere where God's not there. Okay, so the presence of God, and they're supposed to stand a certain amount of yards back to also be able to understand that this is someone to be feared. We need some fear of God back in the church in a way to honor and esteem him, because that's when he's poured out mightily. All right? Uh, let's see, verse 3, and co- command the people, as soon as you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from the place and follow it. 
Yeah, there shall be a distance between you. Here's, here's, the, here's the length. You and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go. The presence of God's got to go first. For you have not passed this way before. And the rest of this message is going to be on this verse right here. It says this. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate, help me out, consecrate who? Yourselves. Consecrate who? Yourselves. Consecrate yourselves today, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Let me read that one more time. Consecrate yourselves, right? Today, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. If you're taking notes today, then the title of my message is called Making Waves. Making Waves. Waves. Let me pray. God, I just want to thank you. Lord, we're, we're ready. We're expecting, God, for you to speak and to move. I want to thank you, God, that you are a God that wants to revive this land. You want to see dead things come to life. You want to see dormant things, God, have life in itself. And God, you want to see things, God, in this land, God, beyond our wildest dreams. Jesus, we want to thank you, God, that, that you've written your word. It's inspired of a God. It's without error. And Lord, we love it and esteem it today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Um, I don't know about you, but um, I've noticed that there's no waves in the state of Michigan. You're like, yeah, of course there's not. Yeah, there's no ocean here. But it's wild coming from California where you surfed. I've surfed probably for the last 18 years. In Southern California, love it. But there's no, there's no waves in this area. I remember back in 2019, we were in like St. Clair and the river that comes down into Detroit. We got to do some wake surfing there, which was awesome. But there was really, you know, of course, no waves that we saw back on the West Coast. And uh, as we were in, in Michigan, I'll never forget my, my wife's aunt had a swimming pool um, in her backyard. And so we were out there having a barbecue like what we love to do here in Michigan. And I'll never forget the pool that was there that we said, you know what, let's make some waves. And so we took some boogie boards. This is the funnest thing to do in the world. If you've got a pool, you should do this. It's fun. We grabbed some boogie boards and the kids just love this. We'd grab the boogie board and start going up and down like this. And before you know it, there's waves everywhere. And so there's waves. And then, the, of course, the person in the households get all nervous because they know their water bill's going up. It's getting crazy, right? But there's waves being, being formed. And, man, as I was praying before we really entered the state of Michigan, I felt God gave me this phrase. And here's kind of the main focus of today. You don't have to wait for the wave, but you can make it yourself. You don't have to wait for the wave, but you can make them yourself. The idea of revival, a lot of times when you read it, is actually described in waves. There's going to be something that doesn't exist to come into a region to begin to change the dynamic of the land, but it's waves being made. I think a lot of times what we do is we want to see revival. We want to see our marriages re revived. We want to see our schools revived. We want to see our government revived, but here's the problem. We expect God to do the reviving. Here's what's wild about revival as you study it is it is a providential thing of God. Is we cannot force God to do something he doesn't want to do. But when it's already decided of what God wants to do, now it depends on us, for us as the people of God, to see these things take place. But how do we do it? It goes back to Joshua chapter 3. They're about ready to go into a land. And even though God was giving them the land, it was the posture of the people's heart that needed to change for them to experience, and it said, the wonders of God to take place. So here's how revival starts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just break down that word consecrate. Is this first idea, separate. Separation. Separation. I love, a, a great picture of this is I love my Starbucks black tea. I love it. I get, I get it a couple times a week. It's, it's the rocket fuel. 
I love it. I order it and I say this, can I get a um, venti uh, black, black ice, uh, sorry, uh, uh, black ice tea, um, no, little ice, and I say this, no water. You know why I say no water? Because it dilutes the caffeine. That's why. Because here's what happens is, is, is with it is, what, if, is if you, you add the water, it's going to dilute the power and quantity of the caffeine. And so what God's saying to the people of God, using kind of that illustration, is that we are called to have no mixture as the people of God. We're not called as the people of God to be deluded or in compromise. And as God's saying to the people of God, hey, before you come into the land, I want to let you know this, no mixture. Okay? Look what 1 Peter 2.9 says to talk about this. But you are a chosen race. You guys are. I am, if you're, if you're a follower of Jesus. You are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation. It's powerful. It's talking about stuff going on in the book of Leviticus there, that we're that people of God. We're a distinct people. It even said to someone, you're a unique people, but God loves us. But in this passage, we're seeing we're a distinct people, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. That's who we are. But here's the problem, is to make a difference, we gotta be different, okay? And I just wanna tell you right now, let me just kinda speak on this behalf. We are coming out, I believe, as the church from a seeker-sensitive model. As we've taken all of the things to try to attract the unbelievers, right, to come into our church, we wanna see people know Jesus. But what's happened in the midst of it is we've become deluded. We've come to a place of compromise. That we're saying, hey, I'm going to do what you do. I'm going, to, I'm going to drink like you drink. I'm going to sleep around like you sleep around. I'm going, to, I'm going to believe like you believe and expect them somehow to be different. But see, the key to revival, number one, is to understand we're a distinct people that we're called to consecrate ourselves. We're called to be a separate people, and that's completely okay. Man, this is a mighty, mighty word, I believe, from the Lord. We wonder why nothing's changing. It's because we're becoming deluded. I love A.B. Simpson writes this, the chief, chief danger of the church today is that it's trying to get on the same side as the world. Am I, am I offending anyone? Hopefully not. This is the word of God right here. Instead of turning the world upside down, our master expects us to accomplish results, even if they bring opposition and conflict. Anything is better than compromise, apathy, and paralysis. I love the, just the old authors that write about this idea. We're a distinct people. We're called to be individuals that stand out. We might be in the world, as Jesus says, but as you're in the world, do not be of the world. If we want to see revival in the land, it's the people of God understanding that we're not like, that we're not like everybody else. And sometimes I think we're so trying to please other people because we don't want to stand out. It's like we begin to say, well, start talking about our Lord and Jesus, and then somehow we're afraid of how they're going to respond. But man, we're a people of God saying, man, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for those that are being saved. It is in our God, it is in our profession to him that we see the great things of God taking place. And here's why it's a big deal to be separate. Now, am I saying to, 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 to go away from everything that we're, you know, that, that are unbelievers and stuff? I'm not saying that. I'm saying as separate in our identity. Here's why being separate is a big deal. It will end self-deception. Man, I just, I just, I just think about this all the time. That I think so many people are so frustrated because they're not living the lives in which they feel called to because they're living two different lives. 
So they're living this day on Sunday, and the other six days a week, they're living a completely, uh, you know, a, a completely different lifestyle. Can I tell you, that gets exhausting. And man, I believe we're living at an hour as the people of God that we're starting to make a stand. We're starting to make a moment and a time saying, you know what, time of this kind of two lifestyles. I'm deciding right now in this hour that I'm going to begin to be who God has called me to be. I'm going to begin to live out the life that he's destined me to be. Can I tell you, just this first step will lead to revival. See, revival isn't something that takes place out there. It's actually something that takes place here. You want to know where revival starts? In every revival, over since the time of Jesus, it's the people of God getting right. You hear me? It's the people of God waking up. It's like when we begin to wake up and be revived and we begin to, this, this churchy word called repentance, turning back toward God and agreeing with God over myself. See, things begin to shift in our life. It's a part of this idea of consecrate, to be separate. Here's the second way revival starts, is prepare or preparation. You guys with me today? Is it kind of, I'm sorry, it's a little bit of a heavy word. And like I said, it's going to redirect the church. And I just believe as we, as the people of God, begin to wake up, we're going to begin to see all the things that we want. We sing these songs. Lord, send, re-, you know, I'm not going to sing. Lord, send revival. You know, we're singing these things. But here's what's crazy. He is. The idea is, are we responding to the reviving that he wants to do? And man, I'm just so, I'm just so fired up this morning. I want to see the people of God going, man, I'm stepping into my destiny and who you've called me to be. I love the word of God. I love Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I love that he saved me. It's, my life's not a secret anymore. I'm, I'm coming out. I, I'm, I'm, I'm responding to the life that God has for me. And guess what? We're going to begin to see revival all around us. But the second thing, so first one is separate, right? Separation. Second thing is preparation. Preparation. Uh, it's, it's wild. I've been flying a lot this last year, so back to California, going there, going back. And it's crazy how you begin to, when you're in bag, you know, packing your bags, you begin to think differently. And uh, when my wife and I, we travel and we have our kids with us, it's wild that you begin to think, once you had this moment happen one time, you prepare different. It's when you overpack your bags. You guys ever done that? So you go on, you're, and you kind of pick it up, and you go, man, is that 50 pounds or not? You know, and everything's shoved in there. And it's like the worst feeling in the world is when you don't prepare and you go, you guys have done this, I know it. You guys go to the airport and they say, sorry, your bag's too heavy. Right, you have that? And it's called like the shame moment. Right? It's like you open up your bag and it's open and all of your, you know, personal items are always at the top. And so everyone's looking at you as you're doing this thing, trying to move and you're trying to shove your clothes and stuff so you can actually lower, you know, board the... Uh, the plane and, and not have to pay that crazy fee. But see, it's crazy how we prepare for that on vacation, but can, you tell, can I just tell you this in the Christian life? We're called to prepare ourselves too. Okay, just like packing for trip, revival takes preparation. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says this, I love it. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, therefore is there because of the, the hall of faith of all the people of God. That God, God moved mightily on them because of their faith. Because these guys did all of this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness. I mean, we're convinced that God's faithful and saw the mighty things of God. Stripping off, here's the preparing part, stripping off every unnecessary weight and sin. Okay? Isn't it crazy? There are things in our life that weigh us down that are actually not directly sin. How about this? Hanging out with people that aren't helping us. See, that's weight, isn't it? 
Basically, even a framework of mind that we continue to, to think about, but it's not directly called out in the Bible as sin, but it's weight, right? So uh, take, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin, which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Let us run, right, idea of preparing. It's not walking, running. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. Here's what I feel like God's saying with this. What was tolerated in the last season will only hinder you in the next. What you tolerated in this last season will only hinder you in the next. This is what I think really is the heart of this word, talking about revival. Consecrate, it's used all over the book of Joshua. It's actually used later on, where the people are about ready to step into more of their lands. And he says this, consecrate yourself, remove the idols from you. Joshua says this to the people. This idea consecrates all over, but what worked one season will not work in the next. I mean, if there's anything, people of God, listen to me, hear my heart today. I love you guys. See, I smile. I'm happy. I love you. But what I want for us to do is the errors, and you know what they are. As I'm saying this, you know what they are. Like, you know that uncomfortable moment you're thinking in your head right now, that thing or things that you know in your mind and your heart at this moment that you've tolerated. The things in which should be evicted from your house, you name them as pets now. That kind of stuff. You know what I mean? The things that shouldn't be there, now they're, they're invited in. Does that make sense? That's what I'm talking about today. As a distinct people of God, there are things that we are not called to live in. Called to, there are thoughts not, that we're called not to think. There are things, even substances and things that we put in our bodies to numb ourselves that are contrary to the, God, to, to the destiny which God has for us. I'm just being direct today. Because I think direct, when we begin to call things as they are in the Bible as sin, well, what's that? It says missing the mark, all these things. One's a dripping cup can be described. Have you ever felt that in your life? Where you have a cup and it seems like everything you do, right? It's just like it just leaks out the bottom. Could I just implore to you today, maybe there's something you're participating in today that's not allowing your cup to be filled. Maybe for you it's apathy or unbelief or indecisiveness or unforgiveness. I'm just going to call them out pornography, alcoholism. Just two weeks ago, I was at a church in uh, Mount Clemens called, uh, uh, I can't even think of that church. Thank you. New everything. New Anthem Church. A guy in second service, I prayed over him, had a struggling years and years of, ad of addiction when it comes to alcoholism. He made a moment that Sunday morning that no more, none of this anymore. It's time for me to rise. Can I tell you, by one individual, guess what? He's experiencing revival right now because something has awakened in his soul. Maybe it's alcoholism, laziness, doubt, anger, fear. Please, can I just tell you, truth and honesty produce freedom. That's why I'm being so direct this morning. Truth and honesty will produce freedom. Once we're honest with ourselves, okay, and we're truthful, freedom flows after that. Anyone ever experienced the healing touch of God? Anyone experienced freedom in this house? Can you raise your hand if you have, please? If you have, guess what? I guarantee it was a moment you were honest, okay, right? And you were truthful. God began to do something great. And friends, I just want to encourage you, I believe it's a time for us to come higher. Because the enemy's desire is to keep his church asleep. I love what Billy Sunday writes, old revivalist says this, when is a revival needed? When carelessness and unconcern keep the people asleep. Oh my gosh, if there's anything I feel like today, a little bit different than a couple weeks ago, I feel like there's an alarm clock going off. And like the church could even look like a sleeping teenager. I got three of them, I know what that looks like. <laughs> it's time to get up. It's time to wake up. Because God wants to do something special in your life and in this land. But man, we can't tolerate the things of old season will only hinder us 
And the next, the third thing we got to do, see this consecrate word. I love studying words out in the Bible because this idea of consecrate means separation, preparation. We've got to prepare for revival. Like when we prepare for a church, we've got to prepare for it. And then thirdly, we've got to dedicate or dedication. Here's the kicker. Here's the kicker verse for this whole message today. Okay, you guys with me? It says this, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21. And Elijah, this is going on. I can't give too much context here. Elijah, he's a, he's a prophet, and he's going up against the, uh, the prophets of Baal, this idol uh, god in the land of Israel. Um, Ahab and Jezebel led him in, and so the land is now paganized with Baal. And now Elijah says this very strong word. And gosh, this is such a great word, because I think it awakens the church up. It says this, And Elijah came near to all the people, Israelites, the people of God. How long will you go on limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people didn't answer him a word. Why? Because they were contemplating their decision. Oh my gosh, guys, this is so good. I know it's a little heavy word today, but I just believe that. We cannot continue cannot continue to be pulled to two different opinions. If it's the Lord, can I just tell you, let's go all in. If you know God at a five, what about if you knew him at a seven or an eight? Can I just encourage you with that? But man, if God is God, can we go all in? No more just kind of doing this one day and then doing something the different day. The people of God that are going to see an awakening in this land are going to be people saying, you know what? I continue to have gone down this way my whole life. And man, I know God, but I don't know him personally. And you have a God encounter. Man, can I just tell you, when you know God, your appetites begin to change. I've seen that with my wife, five kids. Guess what? Every child, she had different cravings before they were born. It was potato chips or pickles or Subway or something like that, but it was a different appetite. And know what's amazing is when you receive Jesus Christ, not just as your Savior, but as your Lord, He is the one that leads. He is the one that speaks and guides. You are the one that you put your trust in him. Guess what? Your appetite begins to change. And when I think a lot about the church in this hour, and like I said, it's a hard message, but I feel like it's so heavy on my heart. As we just begin to, to, to begin to have an appetite of heaven, there are things that are going to be eradicated. I just believe that from our homes in our marriages, marriages are going to get right. Man, people are going to experience healing. Man, people are going to rise in this hour. Man, we're going to see high schoolers. I see a, even a great revival taking place in our youth. But can I, guess what? Who, who's everyone going to look to? They're going to look to the church first. See, what's killing the church more than anything today is secondhand Christianity. I'm just going to be direct about this. I know God by name, but not by lifestyle. I know God enough to get into heaven, but not enough for heaven to get inside of me. I know God enough to tell him all my promise, but not enough to allow him to lead my life. I know him enough to come to church, but I'm not enough. Here's the one. Sorry. Join the church. I'll go to church, but man, I'm not committed to the local church. It's crazy. We are born into the kingdom, but guess what? We're added to the church. The idea of a people of God not being a part of a church family is completely unbiblical. I just want to encourage you today, even in that. Maybe that's you today. Say, man, I am going to put an anchor here at a live family church. They didn't even tell me to say this. <laughs> they didn't, I promise. Um, but to put an anchor here. Because it says it's those that are planted, planted in the house of God shall flourish. You want to flourish as a family? Moms and dads, you want to flourish in your marriage? Kids, you want to flourish in your households? It's going to be of us being planted 
in the, hand, in the, in the house of God. Can you stand on your feet today? You guys get some out of this? You guys get some out of this? You guys encouraged? I know it's a little direct word today. But man, you know what's so cool about this part? It's us responding to the word of God. God loves you. Listen to me. God loves you. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. He wants to encounter you. The idea of is that, the, that he wants to know you like a husband and wife knows each other. It's a word, it's actually a Hebrew word called yada. It's intimate, the greatest intimacy. God desires to have that with us. He loves you so much, but it's time for us, me, us, in this room, the church as a whole, it's time for us to be revived. If we wanna see revival in this land, and we're gonna see it, it's gonna be by, by us in these moments saying, God, I'm ready. I'm ready, I'm not gonna be playing games anymore. I'm not gonna be held between two different opinions, but man, I am going all in. Can I tell you this? When you make that decision to go all in, that's when things begin to get fun. Do you wanna see miracles? Yes, I wanna see miracles. Do I wanna see the blind see and the deaf hear and the lame walk? Yeah, I do. Can I just tell you? You do that by going all in. When you believe that God is a God of miracles, you believe that God is the God to do the impossible, guess what? You begin to see it. But how do you do that? You go all in. Let's put your heads down uh, right now, eyes closed. We're just gonna pray for a moment. Guys, I wanna thank you so much for a live family church. The beautiful families represent this church, mom and dads, grandma and grandpas, God, the kids and kids ministry. I wanna thank you, God, you lo love us so much. And God, we agree with you today. I love even the worship song, the first song talking about amen. Amen is agreement. God, we as the people of God today agree that God, you want to do something mighty in the state of Michigan. You wanna revive it. But God, we agree, and we're saying this today, God, all of us, it could be from the smallest thing to the biggest thing. God, we're going to align our thinking, our decisions with what you wanna do. We wanna agree with you today. So God, I just wanna even pray for the next couple of minutes. This would be a generational moment. I felt that for you guys today as I was praying. These are generational decisions being made. Because moms and dads are in this room and you're in this moment right now, I feel it so strongly right now. You're in a moment right now and it's like your kids' destinies are tied to the decisions you make right now. It's, it might sound heavy, but it's true. And by you making a decision today, like, hey, hey Pastor Chris, I hear your word. It's a, it's, it's a strong word, it's direct. But man, I'm gonna rise today. As husband and wife, we're gonna rise today. Man, as parents, we're gonna lead our homes today. We're gonna rise today that you're gonna begin to see generations changed. God, I even pray right now, everyone's head down, eyes closed. I have two different people. I'd like to just call out right now. I'm not gonna embarrass you in this room. I'm not gonna have you come forward or anything like that. It's a response time. So I love the word of God, but it requires a response. If you're here today, maybe you kind of follow yourself into one camp. Maybe many of you have walked away from God. You know, maybe the last couple of years, I know it's been crazy. You know, maybe you kind of find yourself, even go back into old habits, hangups, old, old uh, device, vices in your life that you know is stealing you, robbing you for what God has for your life. And man, you're standing in a moment today at Alive Family Church, July 30th, 2020, you're saying this, hey, Pastor Chris, I wanna to return to God today. There's gonna to be a great returning to God in the state of Michigan. Revival, how does revival do? It calls in people. So if that's you today, guys, can we just make this a very, very just special moment today? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna invite you first. If that's you today, Say, Pastor Chris, I'm in. I'm right this morning. I'm making this decision. I want to come back to Jesus today. I want to come back to him. I want to get back in relationship with him. I've wandered off. No shame or guilt upon you. Today's a new day for you. 
If that's you today, I'm just gonna count to, to, the, to the number three today. I just want you to put your hand up and hand down, okay? If that's you today, saying, Chris, I'm, I'm ready. I, this is my moment, this is my hour. That's you today, I'm counting three. One, I'm ready. God, two, I'm prepared. Three, God, I'm going back, I'm going all in. If that's you today, go ahead and raise your hand up. But anyone, I see one back there, two right there. Any more hands back here? Two, three, I'm not an auctioneer, I'm just giving you a moment. There's moments like this that my life was changed. Is anyone else today? I'm returning back to God. Okay, maybe this next one. Can we just thank God for that response today? God, we thank you. Online, if you're watching today, you could do this in your living room. You could do this in your moment. Maybe you're even, I'm just gonna say this over, maybe you're even watching online and you, ha you haven't found family yet. Guess what, you're welcome here at Live Family Church. We wanna get to know you. We wanna hear your story. Man, God has special plans for you today. We'd love to see you next Sunday if you're able to. Maybe even this last group today, this is when everything changes. This happened to me at 17 at a camp up in Central Oregon. I responded to the call of God. This is when everything changes. It's when you decide to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for your sin. He paid a debt, a penalty in which we could not pay. That the wrath of God will not be poured out to anybody that responds and accepts God. There is good news in Jesus Christ. He came to save and to seek that which is lost. That's the hour we live in now. And we have the opportunity to start that relationship today. Maybe you're here today, same thing, eyes closed, heads down today. Saying, Pastor Chris, I wanna start that relationship that you're talking about today. I wanna see what you see. I wanna have that appetite that you have. I wanna have the appetite of this house. And you wanna have that today. Man, it's crazy, isn't it? That is a decision of Jesus Christ that changes the appetite of your life. If that's you today, same thing. I don't wanna embarrass anybody today, but man, let's respond to God. If that's you today on the count of three, one, man, I wanna to come to God today for the first time. Two, I'm gonna begin this relationship. Three, I wanna receive his forgiveness today and, and step in that relationship with him today. If that's you, could you go ahead and put up your hand up right now? Anyone in this house? Anyone here? All right, well, God, we just love you today. God, we wanna thank you, God, for what you're doing. Man, I just feel like this, even said this to, to Pastor Eric earlier. Man, I see a live family churches all over the Livingston County in Metro Detroit. I see alive churches because of what's taking place here today. So God, we honor you. Jesus, we love you. Just two couple things. Can we never be afraid of what Jesus was never afraid of? From the book of, from the, book of, of the Gospels into the New Testament books, you'll see that miracles are all over the place. I mean, those miracles weren't just 2,000 years ago, but they're operating today. There are a couple, couple people that God put heavy on my heart today. Again, like, like I said, it's just downloads God gives me. Maybe you've had a knee injury. God put it, someone with a meniscus, something I just prayed this morning. Maybe it's someone with a meniscus. I feel like God wants to heal you today. God wants to touch that place in your leg and heal you. Can I tell you, can we have an expectancy of healing? It's a normal thing in the, in the Bible. Can we just be a people that normalize it? God, I even pray for that person today. God, they have a, a terror in their knee. God, that's kind of how you were, you were giving it to me today. And God, they need to be touched today. I would pray, God, you'd make yourself manifest upon them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe even secondly, no, this probably got a little bit more tender. Maybe it felt like in this room, maybe there's an individual. I was just even sharing this with my wife last night. Maybe there's someone in this room it could be a man or a woman that's going from relationship to relationship to relationship. Kind of like the, the woman at the well, John chapter four. God would say this to you today. This is kind of a word of knowledge for you to say. He says this, you don't have to be in any more relationships. I could be your spouse right now. 
I could be your all in all right now. And I don't know who you are. I'm not going to have anyone raise their hands, but that's you today. I just want to let you know, maybe going from relationship to relationship to relationship. God's saying this, you don't need more relationships right now. I could be your everything right now. I feel like God was saying. So God, just pray that right now. Anyone, God. God, this is a plate of condemnation. God, this is a plate of honesty and God coming higher. Jesus, we love you today at Life Family Church. We worship you in the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Thanks so much, guys, for allowing me to share today.